Hey, I want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy Colton Erring. Um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find him on Facebook, Colt Saddlery, and uh, tell him Ty sent you. He will take good care of you. Hey friends, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. And for the sixth time, oh I am here with my favorite person in the whole wide world, Miss Sky Evans. He has um, had to say that so many times in the last 24 hours. <laughs> my enthusiasm saying it is still the same, though. That's, well, I don't know. Isn't it was pretty the great same? the first time. She liked it the first time, but later on she's like, whatever. But it's getting a little repetitive. <laughs> we've been trying to record this darn podcast so we can tell you guys about uh, our most recent clinic in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin. But we've had technology and the internet and uh, all the things, everything kind of going against us here. But we're going to talk about it um, again. <laughs> yeah. So we flew. I flew uh, by myself, all alone. Lone, lonely, lone, loner. Lonely, loner. Yeah, um, to Wisconsin, which is is usually different, but um, I'm getting used to the flying deal, and I kind of like the the flying deal um, for our scheduling. It's been kind of nice. We've, uh, you know, the, for for example, this last clinic, um, I was able to do a go on a ride with you and the girls uh, the day before the clinic. I yeah. was able to do a actually a private little well not really a private deal but like a, a seminar for the backcountry horsemen here the night before and then you know 14 15 hours later i'm in wisconsin yep so it's it's been pretty convenient and that's kind of nice and you know i flew home i was i was back in utah by midnight on saturday got to sleep in my own bed yep so that's been pretty good the cons is i miss you guys yeah so you know and everybody missed you guys you know, it was really nice to have people reach out and say that they, you know, missed seeing us there. So that made me and the girls feel really good and loved and missed and feel like we were left out, yeah. feeling left out. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wisconsin's always been so good to us. Yeah. You know, we've been coming to Wisconsin uh, every year since, since... Swayze was like one. Yeah, 2016 was our first year and we've been every single year. It's been so good and really enjoy Wisconsin. Yep. And the people there have always been super kind. And, you know, we still have people coming to the clinic that came to the very first one we ever did, you know. Yep. Um, Lane Halverson. Yes. Uh, he was he was there, and he's been coming. He was there at the very first one. Yeah. And um, he was super upset, though, <laughs> about the tree nut deal. Um, not about the tree nut deal, but, okay, he, he loves our family. He knows us well. And he went out of his way, <clears throat> and I only know this because he said it a million times, <laughs> uh, uh, to get Swayze cookies with no nuts. Swayze has a tree nut allergy. And he was so excited when I got there. The first thing he says to me is, don't worry, I got cookies with, with no tree nuts for Swayze. <laughs> and then I say, well, they're not here. Well, he says, like, where no. are they? <laughs> well, where are they? And I'm like, I flew. And he's like, no, that's doesn't work that way you know yeah. he's like no where are they and, it's not a funny joke yeah it's not a funny joke and <laughs> anyways and i told him i was all by myself he, he almost looked like he just wanted to go home he's like <laughs> you know um, what i have i have had a lot of really great conversations with lane and i always look forward to seeing him so he was definitely one of the the people i miss seeing yeah. this year 
so he he was great. He was there. Lots of good friends. Ken Kaczynski. Did I say that right? Thanks. Last so. name. I'm bad with all those. I saw ski names up there. Yeah, <laughs> ski names. Um, you know, but anyways, Ken, he's always so just genuine, and he had his good meal chat. He actually had his meal there in Hackamore. I know that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, I saw uh, that. He looked really good. Yeah, and he he did really good. The last day we had him, I had him put him uh put him in the snaffle. Mm-hmm. Well, he asked me. He said, "Should I put him in the snaffle for this last day?" And I said, "Yeah, there's a couple more particular things that you could work out in that ha- in the snaffle." That'll prepare you for the hackamore, and so he did. And, yeah. and he asked me, so should I just go back to Snaffle for a long time and then go to the hackamore? And, and I said, well, well, no, you don't have to. You don't. It doesn't have to be that cut and dry. You know, there's nothing wrong with with riding in the in the hackamore a little bit, and then if you feel a little glitch, go back and tune on with the Snaffle a little bit. And you've done that with Cupcake. I've done that all the way through the progressions yeah, from Snaffle to Hackamore, Tourain, Bridal. You know, like the other day you was riding the bridle, but then you went back to the terrain for yeah. a little bit, and then you, your back's just straight up in the bridle. And um, I, I feel like uh, there's a little bit of a, I don't know what it is, there's a bit of an attitude about going back. Like it's... it's well, it uh, feels like a step backwards. Yeah, but it's really not. But I mean, it's you're, not. You're... It's, a, it's actually a step forward because you're tuning up something for the better. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it. What would be a step backwards is just staying with, you know, doing what you're doing, in that piece of equipment and it not working out. Yeah. So, and something I tell a lot of people. I told I told Ken this, and and I tell as many people as ask me about going back. This I said, you know, if you whatever progression you're on in making the bridal mule, you should be able to go to the previous progression, and it should be better. So the snaffle bit should always be your very best response from the mule i think and then you know when you move on to the terrain if you go back just to your hackamore that should be better than the terrain when you're in the bridle and you go back to the terrain that should be better than just straight up in the bridle yeah i remember with cupcake the first time that i went back from the hackamore to the snaffle uh Her issue has always just been kind of buddy sour, herd bound stuff that kind of sets us back a little bit. So this particular time, um, I remember putting the snaffle on and riding her and being like, holy crap, I have this stuff going so good in the snaffle. And, you know, I told Ty, I was like, she's doing excellent in this. You know, he's like, well, now you know why you moved up, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I just fine tuned a little bit for a little bit longer. I don't remember how long, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't. But maybe a few weeks, maybe a month or so, and went right back to the Hackamore. Yeah. Um, and then it was great. It was great again, you know. So. You should be able to go back, and it should be better. Yeah. What What most people do though is the opposite of that, right? Mm-hmm. They. <laughs> they Add more. Like, well, snaffle's not working anymore. Let's put a Hackamore on. Oh, that doesn't work either. Let's just put a shank bit on, and mm-hmm. that's that is by far the most common. But you know, I'm not talking crap on those people. I'm. Just saying that's the common knowledge. And and it's just because they're novice. They're just mm-hmm. learning. Um, or they haven't learned the you know those skills yet. They don't know. So I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be hard on those folks. But you, you definitely only move on. Or I should say, I shouldn't say you. I should say us, right? We move on for refinement. Mm-hmm. We don't move on because we failed that and and the the truth of it is when it comes to bidding and and this isn't a bidding podcast i'm not trying to 
get into that. Mm-hmm. Although I love, you know, the, I love, I'm kind of a bit nerd, but I don't like talking about bits when people are a little bit, I don't know the like word one-sided. is. one-sided. Yeah, one-sided about it. When it's they don't not, really it's understand. It's not an open-minded conversation. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of conversations about bits it usually are starts, people being defensive yeah, about whatever say, they got. It usually starts um, in the defense mode. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, you know, when you really learn the the engineering of the bits and, and how they're designed, you would never put a shank bit on a mule that was having trouble because it, they don't function correctly to assist, you know, in any lateral movements. And that's where a lot of people kind of get mixed up. They think that shank has more bite. And you, the truth of it is, too, is you can use that shank for more bite, right? That you have the lever on it, and you can turn it into a lever pretty easy. And uh, it can have more bite. But no, there's no lateral help. It's also not as clear. There's no clear signal. So there's it's, no... It's biting, but not <clears throat> yeah. helping me. It, we, when we go up to our bridle bits, or some people might hear as a shank bit, a, a bridle bit, we have produced a mule that responds to a signal a really light signal and and we want them we want them that light that they respond to that that little bit of a signal um doesn't have to be used as a lever so that's a big piece of it but anyways it was kind of fun talking to ken and and having him so open-minded and willing to uh just go right back to that snaffle bit and and work things out and it's okay to do that well and i like that he came and asked you um because for one that means that he was kind of probably thinking it yeah already um but i don't know i was just so excited because i didn't know that he was in the hackmore at all until i saw somebody post some pictures which i have to say is the biggest bummer about not being there is yeah you know i messaged a few people like do you think you could take a picture and you know i like to post you know on our page but i also like to see people and anyway so i appreciate those who did share pictures but i saw his picture i was like oh my gosh he's in the hackamore and it didn't surprise me at all because he did so good last year really nice meal he's doing a good job i I love that was exciting i love seeing people progress that that's why i do this do this you know is to to help people be the best they can be well even just the interest in progressing yeah yeah you know i wish more people were interested in in making bridal meals and i know that's not a thing for everybody and it doesn't you know i guess if everybody's into it it wouldn't be that cool anyways well yeah but it's really fun for me to show up and see people that hey they want to get better and uh you know one thing that i wish i saw more of in in most of my clinics was uh the same group or a majority of the same group coming back and getting better every year so we can move on and kind of move up the ladder a little faster, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's always fun when we have those repeats like that. Yeah. You know, um, I have to give a shout out uh, to some people there though, because everybody was so nice to me. Um, I don't, you know, you weren't there, so I had nobody to take care of me. <laughs> poor, poor nobody. <laughs> and I was here, so I had no one to take there's care no, of me. <laughs> there's no automatic sandwich maker and, <laughs> And I had to saddle my own mule, um, <laughs> barely, but no, I, no, I got to give a shout out. Uh, you know, I already mentioned Carl and Patty, um, right? Yes. Was, Wait, that, did was we? that in this no, one? No, I think that was in the one before you better do it <laughs> Sorry guys. Case. We, we are so confused with what we have talked about. Most of that we just said was new, but, uh, I, I, 
I need we... to make sure I thank Carl and Patty because like, oh, shoot, uh, we started if middle. I if I didn't do it on this one already, I'm maybe I did already. I don't know. I don't even know but anymore. Carl and Patty, they've been hosting us there for uh, this is the third year, and they've been so f- fantastic, and they were just great to help me um, with everything. You know, Patty is so good at hosting. You know, she's so kind and helpful. Everybody gets everything lined out for people, and she's there to greet people. And uh, just does a great job organizing that deal. Yeah. And Carl um, uh, and his son Kirk, they were just great helping me with the sound system particularly. Oh, yes. So uh, any of you that have hung out with me very long. <laughs> uh, there are a few things that Ty is very, very particular about. <laughs> I'm extremely particular about the sound. Yes. Um, you know, I have tried all kinds of sound systems. I got a pretty a pretty decent sound system, although it's old, but it works. It work it works all the time. It always works, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, when I fly, I don't get to take that sound system all the time. Or if I do, it's real real a uh, real pain. Oh my gosh, they, the airport they just rip it apart. Yeah, they do. They to don't check it, and it's like ah. Yeah, they just tear up that sound system, and they don't care. They throw my stuff around, and it really irritates me. TSA there. <laughs> Yeah. With my own sound system. So I don't I prefer not to bring it, okay? But the consequence of that is you're at the mercy of whatever <laughs> the facility has or what other people bring. Yeah. And it's usually not good. Uh but this one when I got there and I looked at it, I thought, hey, this is a sweet system. Like it, it looked pretty good. But we go to plug it in and we go to fire this thing up and we cannot we cannot get it to work. There's there's no attack. sound, and I'm and I'm just I'm having my own little anxiety slash uh, temper tantrum in my head, <laughs> trying to keep it together in front of Carl and Kirk. If they wouldn't have been there, I might have just threw a fit. But <laughs> he'd say, "Gosh dang it!" Gosh dang that's, it! That's his yeah. uh, <laughs> tagline. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out the stupid sound system, you know, and, and it looks so good, but it won't work. And finally, I figure out that. Um, basically the speaker input was different than I'm used to on these mixers. My mixer is different than this. Anyways, so I plug it in this other spot, fires it up, it works. We finally got it going, okay? It sounds so good. Wonderful speakers. Wonderful. I'm like, this is, well, it's the best sound system I've used. It's better than the professional, the expos I go to. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a good that sound system. It doesn't surprise me because they're not love really it, that yeah, great. Yeah, a lot of expos aren't that great either with the sound. Well, sound Echo-y. makes such a big difference we went and watched a clinic here locally and we couldn't hear what the guy was saying and i'm pretty sure the participants couldn't hear because it was just not going well yeah and it was a really great clinician and there was it, like you just couldn't hear anything and it was yeah just terrible yeah the the speaker systems they got to be good it doesn't matter what i say if people can't hear me well, it was like the mask thing too. When we had a few clinics, when people would wear masks during the clinics, even just that that muffle and the block to see their lips. Yeah, I could uh, hear them. Yeah, it just made all the difference. So being able to hear is so <laughs> crucial. I had a clinic where uh, you're listening to my words more than you're, you know, yeah, <clears throat> a lot more than I demonstrate, right? And so, anyways, we got fired up that night. Okay, this is Wednesday night. It was working great. I'm so, you know, but this is it. Took us a good a good 45 minutes to figure this thing out, okay? And the next morning, Thursday morning, I get out there early. You know, I like to go out really early and set it up, right, and test it out. 
and I go out there and it's not working again. <laughs> and I can't figure out <laughs> why it's so it, now he's really it's panicking. not it's not going. It's not working. Anyways, I really I figured out it's just a button. You just got to press this little button and it also, fires it up. Those who know Ty know that he is not very loud with his talking or because I'll be like our dog is named Molly and she runs really far and wide and I'll be like Ty will you call Molly and he'll be like open the door and be like Molly <laughs> like that is not gonna work like, yeah I'm not good at at what's which is projecting funny. my voice yeah which is funny because his dad is the loudest person I've ever known yeah my dad can he just really has a big voice, voice. <laughs> not me. He, he kept it all to himself he didn't pass yeah. that on to me so anyways I figured out the sound and it worked out it was beautiful it was so good so um that you know those of you that are future hosts out there make sure we got Beware. make sure we got a sweet sound system and i will be so happy and very grateful but carl he was he did such a good job and the the, the crazy thing was it was last minute because on Monday, I'm supposed to fly out Wednesday. Monday, I realized I haven't asked Patty about sound system. Oh, my gosh. Like, I just, we always drive there, you know. Yeah. And I just overlooked it in my little checklist that I, you know, asked my host, whatever. And uh, I thought, oh, I need to ask about sound system. And they don't have one of their own. But anyways, they rounded it up. So big thanks to them. I need to yes. also thank uh, Janet Erickson and Ron Erickson. They were so good. So Janet cooked for me. <laughs> Janet, oh, you man. made my cooking look so terrible when he came home. <laughs> Janet took such good care of me. And, you yes. know, and a lot of people do. It's funny. See, when you come, they don't feed well, us People all the time. assume that I'm feeding you like that. And Poor ties in I their eat my, granola bars. Eat my granola bar. Cereal. <laughs> but see, when Sky doesn't come, that's one of the pros to flying, I guess. Is... <laughs> so it's a pro. That's what it's all about. You guys know he only does clinics for the potlucks. Now he's starting to fly because so they feed me. They feel him. bad. <clears throat> so anyway, she dog eyes. she cooked for me. I'm so grateful. They also yes. let me use their mule Ellie May, and which was a great demo mule. Um, you know, Ellie's not the handiest mule, but she is gentle and and quiet and easy to demonstrate on. Didn't give me a bunch of trouble. See a lot of well, particularly the, the new hosts or people that don't really know how we do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the the new hosts, they will say, "Oh, you need demo meal. I have one." And it's like this problem <laughs> meal. This uh, and you, you know, y'all know I don't have a problem writing a meal with issues. Yeah. But I'm at these clinics. I'm not there to show anybody what I can do. Well, they sign up really, for a class. He doesn't really get to even work on the animal. No, no, I don't. I, I get to demonstrate, and then my job is to help the students learn, learn the skills. So I need to watch them. So something that's, you know, maybe you don't really think about is when Ty has to pick a mule to use in the clinic, it has to be one that can just stand there all day. <laughs> yeah. Or it quickly learn how to stand there. Yeah. You know, like if I got one that's got a good mind, I'm like, oh, she'll learn. Like Hannah, yeah, she didn't want to stand in the beginning, but now she'll stand there. Yeah. But um, but I need I need an animal that I can basically sit on the majority of the time and watch other people and then demonstrate on. They, the meal needs to have enough skill to, um, at least enough feel that I can demonstrate and show people. 
But a lot of people think, oh, I got a demo meal for you. This meal, he's wanting to buck me off. Here, use this yeah. one. Or I got a spooky meal. Like, there's, it's always, it's like a running joke. I got yes. a meal you can demo on. Uh -huh. But I'm not there to show them what I can do. I'm there to help It's not help a training them. session. No, it's not a training session. It's not a tie show off session. It's, I'm there to help these people learn some skills. Anyways, that meal was wonderful for, was just wonderful for demonstrating on. Good. Um, also, uh, you probably missed one of the most amazing potlucks of all time. <laughs> I'm sure, just because I wasn't there, that's how it goes. <laughs> but it was a the the it's potluck was there. phenomenal. You know, Wisconsin doesn't let us down ever no. with food. They've got like, like. Sometimes we'll go to clinics and there's just a bunch of sides, which I have to say, I am one of those people. I'm going to bring a side. Pasta salad. <laughs> yeah, something really lame because <laughs> I'm no good. But I feel like Wisconsin people bring like meals. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Crock-Pot would be out of business if yeah. it wasn't for Wisconsin. I so. so I get there. I don't know how Patty and Carl's like electrical system didn't just short out and pop the breakers because <laughs> I don't know how many Crock-Pots are plugged in in there, but... Everybody had a crock pot. That was awesome. I, all kinds. So that was cool. Another thing I need to give a thank you for is all the participants showed up to the check-in yes, on was time, and they came to questions. the meeting. Oh, sweet. So, In the morning. Yes. So at our clinics this year, you know, we used to have our meet and greet on Wednesday night, typically, but a lot of people don't come, you know, and... Uh, you know, we we on average we only get half the people there, right? Well, and this was they when come we were in doing late. three classes yes. at every, and it was just too hard to do it the morning of, so we try and do it the evening before. Now that we're just doing two, we're like, oh, we can just we got time in the morning now. Yeah, so we change it. We have a, a check in the first day at seven thirty in the morning, and a meeting, so I can kind of give them a, a few words of advice, kind of tell them how things going to go. It's real fast. It's not, uh, it's not a big deal. As far as time, it's just because I need to let them go, you know, but I get in there. They all came. That's amazing. They came to the meeting. I am shocked. <laughs> and I know Katie listens to this podcast. Everybody brought their release forms except Katie. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Katie. Oh. I know you listen. Uh, speaking of Katie, um, she brought uh, Dudley Do-Right back. <laughs> Do you remember Dudley? I do. How could you forget? <laughs> so this meal, Dudley, if you listen to the um, the debrief from Wisconsin last year, I talked about Dudley. This meal was a chronic bolter, like incredible bolter. In fact, one of the strongest bolters I've ever had to deal with. And he drug us all around. He drug, he drug uh, uh, the participants around. He'd get loose. Lane tried to get a hold of him, drug Lane down the road. I tried to get a hold of him, drug me down the road. Uh, you know, I remember the wet grass. I couldn't hold him on the wet grass, just skiing, trying to get him to the arena or back from the arena. Anyways, but so, so here's the deal. When I get when I when I see a mule that's usually that tough with bolting or well any problem when they're at that level of difficulty, what, what we don't we don't see them again, right? Yeah. Like it's rare that we see a mule that is truly troubled like at that level actually work and come back yeah so to see katie katie took this mule over last year uh and she worked at it and to see it come back was like so cool yeah because we don't see it usually did you do your kind of newer exercise with the bolting yeah on the fence there yeah so <clears throat> now 
he what he hasn't he's not completely fixed to this whole bolting deal. Like in fact, he he bolted well, away from her. It takes like years. Yeah, it takes a long time. And I was trying to tell her, you know, old brain wins. So he's got all these circuits in that brain, you know, all these dendrites that say when you're scared, or like I was telling her, when you think you might get scared. So this mule, I he he's preparing for he, the he might, yeah. to be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's preparing to be scared. So he's like, oh, I might I might get scared. He runs off. That's why they look so just completely calm when some of these bolt off. You know, yep. he's just thinking I might get scared. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they don't have a lot of forethought that way. Their front lobe is pretty small. You know, um, but they have enough to they have enough to say, hey, I might well, I might get worried. And that's why they look at rocks. I might be scared of that rock. Yeah, it, it might, might be dangerous. Be scary. And they gotta evaluate. Oh, that might be a scary stump. And basically, that's what he's doing with the bolting. I might be scared. I think I should go. <laughs> well, and it works. And it works. So, <laughs> so yeah, he, he bolts off, gets the instant release. So I was telling Katie the old brain wins, okay? So she's going to have to have, I'm, I'm just throwing this number out there, but 100 to 1 good experiences to every bad one, you know, to, to override this deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did the same thing, like, talking about Dally, those who have followed her, you know, yeah. like, we're going to have to just we tried our best to get so many good experiences to outweigh yep you know what she'd been through and and, and that's building those new dendrites those new experiences that hey you can do this you're gonna make it life's gonna be fine and so that's what, what she had to do but this exercise with the bolting um you know I, i've realized there's some yoles that you can't hold like you're not gonna do it um you, you're just not gonna make it and the all these mules that bolt the main thing that they all have well yeah the main thing that they all have in common is they don't know how to find the end of the rope they don't know what where the end of the rope is in fact most of them brace into the rope like you're the little pull that a human can give they push into it mm-hmm. so well and, especially if they know it's coming they're gonna lean yeah so basically we put the animal <clears throat> on the fence um you know you got to have a, a really really secure post or a, you know something solid like solid you know that they're not going to pull and you you tie them on there and you give them about five foot of slack so they're not tied right to it like if you was going to leave them tied you know or saddle them up or something there's slack there the slack is the important part and basically you you do the fence work the same fence work that we do in the groundwork but you do that while they're tied to the fence and you send them to the right um, and they need to roll the hinds toward the fence. You send them to the left, they roll the hinds toward the fence the other way, and back and forth you go. This is hard to explain on a podcast, and these people listening probably like, I can't pitch what you're talking about. It's like Come doing clinic, the fence work, but they're turning, they're turning into the fence rather than towards you because they are attached to the fence. The main thing is you, you send them one way, and you know usually that pressure from the flag or whatever, they, they think they're just going to bolt away. Like So they just take off and they hit but it's short enough, that rope is short enough that they don't get a, a big amount of speed or... Yeah, they're not hurting uh, themselves. They don't hurt themselves. And that's the key is you don't want them to hurt themselves. But they do need to find the end of that rope. So um, I don't know how much more of that I want to... I know, it's not really, really like... Really dive into just yeah. because I don't think they can picture it. And I, I need to... We need to, to make a video. I'm going to make a video. We'll have opportunities, I'm sure. Yeah. There's always a... You know, I got a whole fall full of foundation classes. And there's always, you know, there's always a bolter in a foundation yeah. class. So I'll make a video of that next time it comes up and, and put it on the video library. Um, 
Video library's been doing good. Speaking of that, we've yeah. got lots of videos on there, and we've got more that we need to edit and, and upload. We have so many. So many to upload is... is internet the, problems is the problem. Yeah, internet, as it allows, we upload videos. So, anyways, you guys can be watching for that video. I'm sure we'll get an opportunity to film it. We don't have any bolting mules, so th this is not like I can go out back and film it. Like, if you ask me, hey, you know, show me how to f do a side pass or haunches in. Well, I can go grab a mule, and I can film it right now. Uh, but these problems, we can't film these until they come up, right? Yeah. So that's the hard part. It so is. we'll get it on there. So those of you on the video library, be watching for that. But anyways, I just, but the mule, Dudley, we're talking about, he, he was doing so much better. So shout out to Katie. Um, fantastic She's made job. some progress. She has made progress. She's done good. She's working at it. Really, really incredible. That's awesome. Yep. Well, so also when you're talking about everyone coming to check in, did you have any like cancellations or no shows there? Nope. That is amazing. <laughs> Every everybody that said that it's going to be there showed up. That like almost never happens. I know. There's always people that just don't show up. I mean, we get cancellations so cool. leading up to it, which is yeah. always a bummer, but it happens. Life happens. But we do often have just no just shows. No but yeah, everybody came. Everybody, awesome. everybody was there and really, really cool. So, well, that's good. And then I want to hear. I always like to hear Ty's first impressions of the foundation class. First impressions? Yeah. So the, the you know how, oh, I don't know this. The last year or two, when I've when I've started the foundation class, I have everybody get on the rail. Yeah, that's helped a lot. And I started out as easy as I can. So I have usually I have the people going to the right. So count so clockwise around the arena, and I let the mule be on the inside of the arena, so the humans along the fence, and then the mules inside the arena, on the right hand, so as easy as can be, okay, for the animal. And just want to see how they lead. Uh, one common thing this week was all the mules being way ahead, mm. so they all wanted to pass by. And what's the problem with? <clears throat> well, if it's a it's a poor position, you know to lead by you're not leading the mule they're leading you so the mules out ahead of them you know basically you can picture the the person at the drive line and the big well, problem with being at the drive line and having that whole neck and head ahead of you is that the littlest thing they lean on you with their shoulder <clears throat> that's the other thing and a lot of these people have heard me talk about you know the process of weaning these babies right and when they're weaned artificially they never get taught how to yield to the other other animals okay so the you know when they're weaned naturally like how a, a mustang would wean them the mare kicks them off at some point usually right before she's about to have the next foal she kicks last year's foal off right and pushes them away and doesn't let the baby lean into her anymore and we know these babies, when they're fearful, when they're scared, they will lean their shoulder into their mother. Uh, that's how they just get comfort. Well, the problem is when we wean them artificially like we do, and I'm not saying that's bad. Everything get, needs to get weaned, right? Uh, it's healthier on the mom, you know, and, and we like it better, right? But uh, 
the problem is, is we get these little babies and they kind of lean against us when they're all cute and fuzzy and they've got that nice baby hair that you love, right? Mm -hmm. And they're so so cute. And they want in your face and in your lap and people love to pick up their front feet and put them on their shoulders. That is (laughs) something I just have never understood. Yeah, but people do all kinds of things with the babies (laughs) and they lean and it's so cute and they don't do anything about it. Yeah. Whereas had they been weaned naturally, that mom, at some point when that baby leans on her she would kick it off so back to your question the problem with leading them when they're so far ahead of you and you're basically at that neck or shoulder position is they get bothered they'll lean into you and that causes problems you know it's well, dangerous they, to they be there they get stepped on they take the lead so they, they are do now take the lead. yeah in charge there's no basically. at that point there's no real direction from you you know, and usually often, often what comes with this is the person hanging on the lead rope. So that was kind of the main problem. And with... there, I see people like they'll bump with their arm yeah. or push on the shoulder to try and get them off. But yeah, that's, uh, they're, they're pushing. So they're not, they're, they're just trying to, to push them off rather than build any type of feel. Then the human becomes pushy. <laughs> yeah. And, and pushy people make pushy meals and... So that was a common thing, and we addressed that. By the last day, they had them tuned in. Like, they did good, and they all worked at it. The other thing that these people were amazing at was doing their homework. That's awesome. So you had some pretty good weather the first day, it looked like. The first day was, like, the best clinic weather you could ask for. Just blue skies, no wind, perfect. They have a really nice outdoor arena. Huge outdoor arena. It's really big, lots of space, so good weather makes for really, really... Oh, yeah. And I have, I actually have, I was going to say it's really pretty for pictures, too. I have, I just printed one off of Cupcake, my mule, from last year that was in yeah. that arena out there. It's, it's gorgeous. So it's so pretty. It's surrounded by fields, and then to be on the fields is the tree line, and it's just gorgeous. It's so pretty. So the first day was great. Second day, it rained all day. It was only supposed to rain half a day. And so we <laughs> thought we was going to... It's opposite of here. If it says it's going to rain... Half of the day, it rains none. Yeah. If there, if it says it's going to rain half the day, it's raining all day. Yeah, it rained all day. <laughs> and uh, But luckily, they have a wonderful indoor arena. Now, it was pretty squishy. It was pretty small. And I was worried about the people, you know, being irritated because it was a full class. And it was small in there. Well, um, and like we said about the cancellations and no-shows, we do normally take a couple extras. Because it happens almost yep. every, I mean, 90-something percent. So it was a full class. It was a full class. And so the indoor was squishy. But you know what? Everybody worked at it. Everybody was happy. Uh, one of the happiest bunches of folks I've, I've dealt with in a long time. It's all the, the cheese. The cheese makes me happy. <laughs> we always get good cheese. I was thinking about all the things we were missing out. On there. I don't have any cheese this time. No cheese. There's cheese at the Pollock, of course. Yeah, of course. Ty went to Casey's without us. Yep. You guys love Casey's. We love Casey's. That was sad. When I pulled in there, I saw Casey's and made me think of you guys. That's our (laughs) favorite gas station. I always forget it exists until we go back again and go, Oh, Casey's! Yep. (laughs) What else you got for me, Sky? So Sky's asking me questions because she wasn't there. Well, I wrote down some things. So you've covered most of it. The other thing I just wanted to add, kind of the last of my my thoughts, was um, that this was, I think, probably a clinic that we got the most thank yous oh, during, yeah. afterwards. 
the next week. I mean. Oh, yeah. It, it I don't, good. you know, we always like people to post on, you know, social media and say that, that they had a good time and maybe tag us or we have a Facebook. So we have our Facebook page called TS Mules, but we also have a group page where all of our, you know, clinic friends kind of can converse and talk and share pictures and thoughts and questions and such. And uh, anyway, it was really fun to see quite a few people sharing on social media because for one that was all I got to see of the clinic was what yeah. other people were sharing you know because Ty can't just sit there and take pictures and stuff while he's teaching but um we also got a lot of emails afterwards saying you know just really good good feedback you know so I, I feel like it was just the most um feedback I guess you call it that we've gotten in a long time from one place. Yeah, that's great. Really they good, were they were very grateful, <clears throat> very appreciative. So we enjoyed it. It was it was a good time. Lots of good people that I missed seeing. So yep. the the few pictures that I did see, I really enjoyed seeing you guys. So I'm gonna talk. I want to talk about one topic that I think would be beneficial for a lot of people to hear, and it might not be super popular. Can uh -oh. I do that? I don't know. Can you? This is your podcast. <laughs> after all these, uh, after all the positives, <laughs> I got to have one a little bit more serious. So this is something that I thought about after the clinic that I see very common. And, and a lot of you listening, I know you plan to come to a clinic someday, um, you know, and, and you're trying to get better. You're, that's why you're listening to this because you want to be better for sure. And one suggestion I would have is if you are not confident, um, particularly in transition work, like walk, trot, lope, like the transition work. If you're not confident riding that and you're dealing with a mule that doesn't really know how to do the transitions well. Because you're not comfortable. Because you're it. not comfortable and because you, you, you haven't worked with it with them and you don't know, maybe you don't feel good doing it, you don't feel confident doing that. I highly suggest you take some writing lessons and um, a lot of people say well that's what we come to your clinic for well you know my clinic yes there is a difference. I, I do give you writing help absolutely right I give people all kinds of tips and do this and change this and you know adjust that and you know all that kind of stuff but I'm talking about writing lessons where they take you super slow over a long period of time you know like if you want to work on transitions you go get, get some writing lessons and they will work you through that at a slow pace well because you're getting all the details in all not a crash course yeah <laughs> and our clinics are are mix yeah they are a mix of writing lessons but they're also a lot of philosophy and basically like training the too. people get yeah some training they're training their mules but they're getting my philosophy of of writing right so it's, it's the wise of yeah it's the experience of the philosophy this is a style of horsemanship, mulemanship that we share, right? So it's not just a riding lesson. And it, they're bringing their animals because they want to better their animals too and themselves. But I guess what I'm saying is is if they took riding lessons, if they were not confident with transitions, before they came to my clinic, they would be able to ride you know, a riding lesson horse that has done it a million times and there's not going to be a problem. They're not going to have... Not gonna take off with them or something. You don't have to worry about the animal at yeah, all. You're there's just no, worrying about you. Yeah, just the riding part. You don't have to do any teaching. That's what riding lessons are. You don't you don't learn necessarily how to train an animal. 
you're learning how to write. It's a writing lesson, right? And I think that would be super helpful. What do you think? Oh, for sure. We've had we've had plenty of people come that we just feel like they just need to take a writing lesson and work on themselves before they can help this mule that or horse that they have. You know, we have, um, I don't know, because most people, generally most people come to the clinics because they're having trouble with something. There are people who come because they want to get better and better and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. But generally, I think people look us up because they started with an issue. Yeah, I, I would I would probably say 60% of the people come because they want to fix or work through something with their animal. They're having trouble. And maybe 40% would be the folks that are a little bit more serious. Yeah. About, hey, I, I want it's, to... It's, they know that they got to be better, so they yes. show up to that. But I think if, if a lot of people felt just more comfortable just writing transitions... Um, well, good how many how many times do we get, you know, do we ask somebody to lope and it's their first time ever oh, loping? Every it's, week. It's all the time. So this week, uh, Tim, uh, uh, Tim was probably the, we always have a joker, right? There's always a joker in, in the clinics, right? Yeah. And Tim was for sure the funny guy. Um, anyways. Was uh, he there last year? No. No. He's never been. He's okay. became and watched, but he's never rode. Okay. This is the first time riding with us. I know his name but, sounded familiar, but I was trying yeah, to Yeah, he, he, was, he was fantastic to have there, and just a great guy. And, uh, you know, the second day we were in the barn, and I think a lot of people don't realize how I can hear. <laughs> like, because a lot of times I can hear, it's funny, the spectator, for some reason, spectator conversations. They're so loud. They are so loud, <laughs> and I can just hear them so good. And sometimes I try to block them out because they're usually talking about, like, you know, their cat and, <laughs> you know, something. You know, they're, you know, they're just deep yes. in thought about whatever, something else. But I could – so Tim is like – he makes this comment. Was he not writing? Yeah, he was writing. Okay. But he – so he's, he's on his meal. He makes this comment about, I don't think my meal's going to be able to walk a straight line again. <laughs> <laughs> he says that. And I hear him perfect. And I'm like, well – Walk some straight lines because the assignment was straight lines and circles, you know. Yeah. And I always explain to people, you know, if all you do is circle, 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 you know, you're going to have a meal with a whirling disease that, you, you know, yes. you can't walk straight. Right. And then there's some people that all they do is straight lines only and their meals are so rigid. They can't, there's no bend to them. And so I had explained that, you know, you need to have this balance of both you got to do straight lines and circles that's why it's a huge part of the curriculum right it sounds so simple it sounds simple but it's hard to do either of them right Mm -hmm. anyways he's like i don't think my meal's ever going to walk a straight line again (laughs) he's just funny like that and then uh but the last day um you know how usually meal ship one i'll call out you know okay you turned low so you were outside yeah outside the last day we were outside and we were finally looking good and um i've Everybody was looking pretty decent. I said, you guys can just sort it out whenever you're ready. Go ahead and ask them to lope. And, and they were working on all their transitions. And anyways, Tim came loping around there. And everybody kind of started clapping and woohoo. And, and I guess it was, it was his first time ever loping, you know, anything. <laughs> yeah. And he was just just all smiles. You know, I always say this. I'm sure I've said this a few times on this podcast or in different places. I am always... Just amazed at the trust you all put in Ty. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, with everything, like the cold starting, like even our rock curling, just so many, like the, the transitions, so many people are, are scared. 
And a lot of people do have kind of a closed mind about it. They're like, nope, I'm not doing it. No, there's, yeah, there's plenty of people that say nope and yeah. they don't do it. But and, they're, you know. but Ty, you know, he knows whether your mule is ready for it or not. And he's not going to tell you to do it if they're not, if they're not ready. I feel like the people that know me and they, and they, or maybe they don't know me personally, but I'm talking about they know this, this style of mulemanship and what I teach how how critical it is to do something when the animal is ready mm-hmm. and when you say it like yeah. that means now and it's and, already delayed by that point and another big thing is if they really study this before they come to a clinic you know there's so many this podcast our videos there's so many you know our articles there, there's so many things out there that you can find out my philosophy but i'm so huge on making it a success for the mule yeah like so if, if somebody really studied this stuff before they actually showed up, they would know that I wouldn't do have, have the mule do anything that I didn't think was going to be in a positive light for that mule. It wasn't a maybe. Nothing yeah. was like a no. maybe they'll be okay. No. Like, nope, they're ready or nope, they're not. Yeah, if my question is, uh, uh, I don't think so. No, we don't do it. I, I But if I say, hey, go ahead and ask it to lope, ask it to trot, it's because I think it's going to be in a positive light for that animal Yeah. or the rider yep. or both. So, um, anyways, that's a big piece. So, yes. Anyways, so writing, got a lot done. Writing lessons, if you are able to, are yeah. very helpful. If you're not super comfortable with your uh, balance or, you know, something that... If you can't along, help yourself, you can't help your mule. Yes, along those lines, uh, Cindy McMurray, who came to the Colt Starting Clinic. She was in California. Anyway, mm-hmm. she's been to a handful and she's done some uh, virtual, what do you call them? Virtual clinics yep. with you. Yep. Private uh, clinics. clinics. Anyway, but she, I was really impressed with her because at the colt starting clinic, she had pretty touchy colt, mm-hmm. you know, or could have For been, sure. you know, it could have been more touchy, but she told me that she went and she was taking riding lessons specifically for her to have good balance, you know, and she was preparing for this mule that was a little bit on the touchy side or a lot, you know, yeah. it was up there. And, um, I... I told her, and I'm sure this is how it came up, because I told her like you are like you got some Velcro on your pants or something. Like, you have great balance. How in the world are you staying on there yep. so easily? You know, and her mule wasn't bucking or anything. I guess it did get a little silly, but I mean, she just sat that thing so good. And when we talked about it, she told me that she she was very very specific about making sure she was ready for this mule and what it was going to need from her. So I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, it, if you can't, if you can't help, if you can't be balanced and help yourself, you, you can't help the animal. Yeah. Like, well, it's not as though Cindy was an inexperienced rider, yeah. you know. No, I mean, she's experienced and yeah. she started other colts, but she wanted to be ready for this meal that she knew was going to be a little glitchy. She knew she was going to have to step yep. up to the plate. Yep. So <laughs> you guys out there, don't be shy. Go hire a riding lesson instructor and ride their good horse. Do your homework. Good with that mule. Too. Yeah, you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to do your homework. Make sure they're. But but most riding lessons are focused on rider mechanics. Yeah. They're not necessarily um, it's horsemanship. Not like a it's not a clinic. It's not really philosophy. It's hey, this is how you sit in the saddle and you balance. Mm-hmm. Like it's and that is fairly, fairly universal, um, even across disciplines. Whether you're riding English or Western, it's very similar. Yeah. So you could it's you close could enough. You, yeah you could. 
just the balance is huge. Right. You just learn to balance. Uh, well, it doesn't really matter what kind of saddle you're riding in or not a saddle, right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, I see so many form. people worried about the transitions because they never do it themselves. So they don't even know. But then their mule never does it either. So the two of them just, you know, aren't in sync when they get going. Yeah. And, you know, so. It's always the, where the anxiety rises in the clinic is transition work. Yeah. They it always, you know, that's where, where anxiety rises. And, yeah, they're just... Uh, a lot of people are anticipating the worst too, but well, yeah. if you prepare it, and if you guys have been to my clinics, I make you prepare. I mean, the first day walking transitions, second day walk trot transitions, a ton of them, and then the third day we get in that low. I have a question along this uh, topic. Like, so say if somebody was a little nervous about the transitions, like um, – I'll use Megan, our friend Megan Mensing, as an example. Like with her Colt Nelly, I know a lot of times before, because she'd not be able to get on super often, so she'd take her in the round pen and kind of work through transitions yeah. on the ground first. What do you say about that? Oh yeah, um, that's the that's helping the animals. Yeah. So if you're worried about what the animal might do with transitions, uh, you know, if you if you don't have a round pen. If you just have your halter and lead rope, well, you can walk and trot. We teach walking and trotting in the groundwork class on the end of the lead rope. So they could do that. If if they have access to a round pen, then they could walk trot lope in the round pen, going through the hook and arm process. Yeah. And uh, it's a great, you know, definitely do it. Check your meal out. Um, it's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So if you did that, got your meal ready, and then you've taken some lessons maybe, um, or you just ha you have some experience transition then when the two of you come together it's going to be a success for sure we've got so. videos of of that on the video library yep. and well that's one of my favorite things to watch ty do especially with with um colts and things like when he's done the colt starting challenges with especially touchier you know more nervous yep. type um but so it's not just getting in there running him around you know it's not no. like lunging it's really getting in tune they can Anyway, go and watch the videos. It's good stuff. Yep. Dial it up. Dial it down. Yeah. It's good. So, well, you got any other questions on your... Um... Nope. I just have my last note. We'll yep. be back next yeah, year. Yeah. Um, I'm working it out with Patty. I don't have the dates yet exactly figured out. We are we are in the middle of booking our 2023 clinic tour. Um, should have them. Well, we need to have the dates all done in the next two couple weeks so that we can begin putting it on the website and... We Our, usually uh, have them on there by September, so we're September. Close. Yeah, September to, between <clears throat> September and October, we'll have our 2023 clinic tour on our website tsmules.com. You can find it on there. It's just crazy. I feel it like it crazy. was like two months ago that we were sitting in uh, Pennsylvania. Was it Pennsylvania the last time we were? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, were doing publishing it. We yeah, published Christina it. Christina Bailey was sitting with us. She's signing up <laughs> right she as signed we it up. published yeah, right it. There. She, Look, she was the first person to sign up for anything yeah, last year. Yep. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll come we're coming back to St. Croix Falls. We love it there. Great place. It's nice. We have a huge outdoor arena, indoor arena if it rains. Uh, if people forget tack, she has a tack store. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. she's pretty great about that and great camping. Good good. Really crowds. good potluck and, every year. Potluck. So <laughs> if you guys are anywhere near St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, which worth, is right on the, the border of Minnesota. Yes. It's not far from Iowa. Um, anyways, come up and see us and uh, shout out to all the participants. Thank you all so much. There's so many of you that I'd like to mention on here. A lot of people did a great job. I mean, 
there's all kinds of stuff going on there. So we could go on and on about all the participants. They all did great. Lots of individual stories there of success. So. Well, there are some clinics that feel more like work, uh, you know, every so often. But this one definitely was a fun one for Ty, I could tell. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, I really did. It really seemed like everybody else did, too. I, yeah. I mean, like I said, lots of good, happy feedback. So I really missed seeing all of you, I have to say. So did the girls, especially when they found out there were little friends there. You're coming <laughs> this week, though. We're, we're headed to Canyon City, Colorado next. Yep. And, um, yeah, days. you'll be there. So everybody was going to show up now because you're coming. Yeah, right. So, uh, hey, um, appreciate you coming on here, Sky. And uh, we're going to take a break. And when I come, I'll, I'll be back and answer some uh, questions from some listeners. That And you know, hopefully this one works. Yeah. yeah but, <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll be right back. Thank you. Hey, I want to thank our amazing sponsors at Mules and More Magazine. Mules and More has been around a long time. It's a great magazine. And uh, shoot, I've been reading this magazine since I was just a little kid. I remember my dad subscribed to this when I was little. And I'd read it every month and loved it. And now uh, our good friend Corey Daniels has taken over as editor of this magazine the last few years. And she has done an amazing job. Um, also, did you know that Mules and More comes in a digital format? You can download it on your phone, read it wherever you're at. So... Hey, be sure to check them out, mulesandmore.com. And, uh, you know, hey, tell them Ty sent you. I'd be very grateful. Mulesandmore.com. Okay, friends, I'm back. And uh, I got some questions from some listeners that we're going to answer here for you and hopefully give you some help. So first question is from Scott Poindexter. Uh, my meal Memphis postures towards me whenever I saddle him. He pins his ears and steps away from me. He does this even when I'm approaching him with a saddle pad. I try to be fluid and gentle when saddling him. Once the saddle is on his back, he's fine. He's not bothered with grooming, cinching, riding, or putting the rest of his tack on. Could you please walk me through how to help him find comfort in the saddling process? Thanks, Ty. I'm an avid listener to your podcast and frequently use the video library for resources all right scott that's a good question um so with a saddle pad deal there uh well actually you know if you if you watch the video library i published a video uh with my good friend lisa taka and her mule katie about uh, about the same thing you're going through here with memphis and basically what we did was help this mule kind of relieve some tension as you approach just like you're talking about this mule getting upset um so so what we did was we took the saddle pad basically and as we approached the mule and we watched the mule get tense and have a little anxiety and get a little tight we just paused you just pause right there don't move don't do anything. Just pause. Even if you're about to put the saddle pad on their back and you're in midair, just shut it down and just pause right there. And basically, just stay there um, in that position. Maybe you're walking toward it. Maybe you're about to put the pad on. But just stay right there and don't do anything until the mule changes expression. So this is key. The other thing I need to add to while you do this is you know, make sure you don't have them tied up while you're doing any of this. 
do this out. Uh, you can do this out in the arena, out in the round pen, in your parking lot, but you don't want them hanging back, okay? Um, so that's the main thing we did, Scott. And, and if you just pause right there and you wait till that mule changes expression, then you wait just a little longer after that. Basically what that mule is doing is is learning how to self-regulate and building their coping skills for this anxiety, learning how to, to, to come down from this on their own, all right, and learning to relieve that tension. You don't have to hang on to that tension. And, you know, a big part of it is the mule learning that you are aware of how they feel. A lot of times, maybe we misread the mule, or maybe we don't read the mule, and we just push on uh, kind of without permission so to speak and a lot of people might kind of cock their head funny when i say that that well i don't need permission from my mule i'm in charge well yeah yeah you're right but this is a communication deal me and my mule i want to communicate with this mule i want to be able to read this mule and this is what will set apart the folks that really get along with a lot of mules and horses and the folks that don't is the ones that read them you know you got to pay attention and so if that animal's saying, hey, I ain't ready for that saddle pad, you need to read it. Now, they might be ready two seconds later. They might have been ready two seconds before. So it's doing what they're ready for and, and building that awareness that will really help you a lot. Uh, but that's kind of what I do, Scott, is take my time. And little by little, you know, if you wait till that expression changes and then you, um, you know, then you maybe proceed on a little slowly, uh, you know, maybe the meal changes expressions again, gets a little sour. You pause again, but you continue this until you can basically put the pad on their back. Uh, but check out that video on the video library, Scott, uh, working through that with Katie. That was that was a great example of what you're doing with right there. And it's important that you fix this because if you don't pay attention to this now and you don't fix it up now, this leads to a meal that will buck off the saddle when you go to saddle. It leads to a meal that'll kick out you know as you approach it i mean there's all kinds of uh you know things that could could continue getting worse if you don't sort this out so good for you on noticing this all right next question is from jared gibbs uh jared asks is it possible to explain um how you ask for different speeds at each gate so those of you that have been to my clinics um or watched videos and stuff you know that we like to work on slow, medium, fast walk, slow, medium, fast trot, slow, medium, fast lope. And it's important to me that I can speed my mules up, slow them down through each of these transitions. You know, I need to be able to, to teeter that life up and, and teeter it back down. And so Jared's asking, well, how do you do it? How do you ask for it? Well, in the beginning, we just teach the mule how to walk. My first ride on a colt i just teach the mule how to go forward and now this right here in the beginning the first ride is where a lot of people mess up and they right there from the get-go begin to babysit their mules and the mules never learn how to really hold a hold a, a transition hold a speed so that's the first thing you have to teach them and so when i get on that colt the first ride i get on and I'll get my 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 life, uh, the life of my body busy, 
to cause movement. So I might, if I'm trying to get this mule to walk, I might teeter forward just a little bit on my seat bones, forward toward the saddle horn, okay? And then I'm looking forward. I might extend my reins forward, like push my reins forward toward the mule's head. They're on a loose rein, by the way. And when those things don't really, you know, cause anything to happen, then I'll come in with my with my legs and kind of gently squeeze my calf a little bit. And then if that still doesn't get the mule moving, then I will bump with my heel, my leg and my heel all together rhythmically. Bump, 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 bump. And the moment they begin to take a step and walk, I will completely discontinue using my legs, but continue with my seat posture and my rein posture that I explained. And I will let the mule walk, and I don't care how fast the mule walks in the beginning. I don't care how fast, how slow. I will let the mule walk, and I will not use my leg again until they fall down to a stop. And so I'll let this mule walk as slow as it wants to start with, and I won't kick it again until it completely stops. And then I'll come in there and get busy with my legs. So the mule learns pretty quick. Hey, when I'm in this position, go forward. All right, and you keep going. You'll be the first to know when I change questions. My question is just walk. Go ahead and walk until I give you directions otherwise. Okay, so that's how it begins. And that progresses to the trot. Basically, I do the same exact thing at the trot. And then I do the same exact thing at the lope. Basically, at the trot, I would get them to trot out and move. And I would not kick them again with my legs, not come in with my legs, until they drop to a walk. See, a lot of people, they feel the mule slowing down, and they come in there and they kick. That's babysitting. You don't want to do that. Uh, so after you sort that out, through each speed like that, then you start to just get a little bit finer with your questions. You just begin working on a fast and a slow walk. And the position's the same. You kind of roll forward. The faster I want to go, the more life in my body I'm going to have. And the further ahead I'm going to be looking, the faster I want to go. And, and think about the speed you want to go and start to ride the speed that you want them to achieve. Start to, to, to sit that, start to ride that. So, for example, I'm trying to build a trot. I might even start to post. Even if they're walking, I might kind of start to post a little bit and, and, and ride that. If I'm trying to get them to lope, I'll kind of get that rhythm of a lope in my body and kind of start to move my seat in that manner and help them kind of pick that up a little bit. So that's how I'd ask them, Jarrett. Good question. All right, next question comes from Tustin Lance. Hey, Ty, I've been wondering what's the best way to get a mule over being so uh, sensitive about their ears. My mule, Jewel, has been really bad about her ears and something above her head since I bought her. Putting the bridle on can be a trick sometimes. When I was working with her several times a week, it was getting better, but I've been unable to work with her for a few weeks. Today, I went up there to fit some tack on her, and while I was rubbing the top of her head and playing with her ears, um, she decided she didn't like that anymore and pulled back hard on the halter against the fence. When she got to the end of the rope and figured out she couldn't get away, she went into a bit of a panic and started pulling, 
and pulling, but eventually stopped and calmed down a little bit. Any tips are appreciated. Thank you. Okay, Tustin, uh, first tip, whenever you're working with an Earshine mule, for sure, do not tie them up. Um, you want them to know there is an out. It's amazing, you guys, how your relationship will change with your mule if they know there's a way out. Now, that I'm not saying that they know they can run off. I'm just saying there's a way for them out of the pressure. Okay, which should be, to answer your question, it should be to to kind of go with you eventually. In the beginning, you might have to go with them. But for sure... If maybe they get a little troubled and maybe they just needed to move their feet a little bit and they go to move those feet and now, now they're on the end of that halter rope there uh, in this manner and they haven't been taught how to lead because if they're hanging back on the rope, they haven't been taught how to lead. Um, you know, this is going to, uh, you know, add some, you know, this is going to add some conflict to this whole, this whole scenario here. We, we don't need this conflict added on this deal. So when I'm working with the ears, for sure, like I said, don't have them tied up. But then I like to think of it as one hair a day closer. So I'll get to where I can get one hair a day closer to touching those ears. And you work your way up from all the angles of the mule's head, from the back, from the front, from the sides, and you work your way up toward those ears. Uh, and it, it, the ears are a long process. But if you if you kind of follow the suggestion that I give to Mr. Scott uh, a little earlier about practicing your awareness, it'll help you significantly with these earshy mules and earshy horses. If you as you move your hand up that mane and your mule raises its head and is telling you, "Hey, I'm not comfortable," you pay attention to that and you either back away for a moment. Or you pause. Now, some people uh, that don't quite understand the process, they'd say, well, isn't that quitting? Aren't you teaching the mule that if they do that, you will go away? You're right. If, if I completely quit and totally went away, it would confirm to the mule that, hey, that's the fastest way out. Block me and the pressure goes away. The only thing is I'm not going away. I'm just pausing or Take giving them a brief moment to just self-regulate and come down. That that little moment of of a chance for those animals to think a little bit and realize that they're not in danger, and that I noticed I noticed when they got uncomfortable is a huge relationship builder, and you get so much further along. Uh, it has just propelled my mulemanship and horsemanship with these animals since I've learned to be aware, you know, and I can thank, you know, Martin Black and uh, Dr. Steve Peters, you know, for a lot of that education. If you haven't read evidence-based horsemanship, you need to check it out because learning, learning about how these brains work, learning about how they process, learning about giving them this soak time to sort things out, learning about this awareness of of all their expressions and paying attention to that is just a huge game changer for sure. So practice that awareness. Little by little, you can get closer to it. There's no shortcuts, man. You know, uh, you guys, there's no shortcuts here. Uh, 
you know, at all. Um, you got to take your time. And it can be annoying. You can It can be discouraging. But take the time. The time will come. All right? It will it'll it'll work out in the meantime you know you want to ride this mule uh this isn't a shortcut what i'm about to say it's just a way for you to um give the mule a chance and not pick a big fight when there's other things to work on as well because ears are only a small part of this whole mule's body all the things you need to do and i've noticed that the more you work on everything else usually these problems kind of line themselves out so if you work on everything else and, and don't worry a whole lot about this ear shyness and just kind of work a hair day closer like I'm telling you, it won't be long and the mule will be fine. But what I'm saying is, is get you a, a, one of those ear shy head stalls with a clip that you can undo the, the crown piece and pull the head, uh, the head stall off without going over those ears. Because if you want to go ride today, and you get into this big old fight with your mule over getting the head stall on, well, you have just set up the rest of your day, the rest of your day for uh, a block from that mule. The mule is going to be saying no. The mule is going to be resistant the rest of the day. Okay? So if you don't want to maybe work on the ear shy thing today, put the head stall on, don't touch your ears. Saddle up, go for a ride. Get the mule in a good mental frame of mind while you're doing all these other things, and you'll notice toward the end of that ride, maybe you could touch their ears. It's amazing what a few miles will do for the mules too. I'm not saying to get them dead tired, but maybe you climb a, a pretty good hill, and you get them breathing and sweating a little bit, and you get them thinking about the terrain. You get to the top of that hill while they're they're kind of catching their breath a little bit, and you just reach forward, and you just gently maybe put your hand between the ears a little bit, maybe just rub the ears back, and and it's a great way for you to help those mules get over it. I got a young colt I've been working uh, over the last year, and she's pretty ear shy, uh, or she was. She's getting way better now. But that's kind of how I've gotten her over it, and uh, it just takes some time. All right, uh, last question for this episode comes from Haven Fanua. I'm sorry if I said that name wrong, Haven. Hi, Ty. I have a mule that doesn't like to stay in the trot consistently and will barely even lope. When I ask for more impulsion, she has resistance. Will rear up a little, swish her tail. How can I get her to willingly move out into a consistent trot and lope when I ask? All right, Haven. <clears throat> uh, okay. It, you probably also have trouble moving out at a decent walk. Usually if they're... If they don't want to move out of the trot, it's the same thing at the walk. And if they don't want to move out of the lope, it's the same thing at the trot. So I would, uh, the suggestions that I told Jarrett earlier in this episode about teaching the mule just to walk in the beginning, you might go back and check that out. Now, I need to say all this with the assumption that you have the mule checked out physically from a professional, from a vet. Have the mule totally checked out, make sure that the bone structure is good, the muscle structure is good, the tendons are good, all the, all the structural supports are good to go. The mule's healthy so that it's not a physical element going on causing this mule to not want to move out because 
that could be the case sometimes. If they're a little lame, they're a little sore, injured, whatever, uh, they're not going to want to move out. Okay, so check that out first. Now then, after you do that, then you check out that walking stuff that I'm talking about that I explained earlier. Get that going. And then work on the transition, rewarding the mule for getting into the trot. So basically I'd work, I'd put some pressure on that mule, get it into the trot, and then I would let it totally relax. I'd let it walk and leave it alone for a while. And then get it into the trot, relax, leave it alone for a little while. Now work on the transition getting into the speed you desire and reward them for getting into that. So before you even think about holding the trot, reward this mule hundreds of times for getting into the trot. Same thing with the lope. Before you try to hold the lope, reward the mule for getting into it. A common thing I see is it's difficult to get the horse to lope, to get the mule to lope. You work and you work and you finally get him to lope and now you've, you've worked so hard to get it. You're like, I got to keep loping. I don't want to quit now. And so you push, you push, you push and you let the mule come back down when, when they kind of pull for it. You know, they, they'll go a little bit and then they want to quit you. I would rather build up the mule and reward them for getting into the transition multiple times. And you'll find that'll be a huge help to you. So these are some great questions. And uh, remember, anytime you guys have a question, if you'd like me to answer it on the show, just send me an email. Um, make sure you put in the subject line, question for podcast. Okay, put that in the subject line. And send me an email. My email is ty at tsmules.com. Or you can also go to our website, tsmules.com, and fill out the contact form on there as well. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. If you're listening on anything that you can leave a review on or or rate, we'd love to have a five-star rating if you think we deserve it. I'd love to hear what you think about the podcast, particularly on Apple. If you're listening on Apple, Leave me a review. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Um, we, we really enjoy the feedback on these podcast episodes. So anyways, hey, until next time, you guys, God bless you, and we will see you down the road.